John, the Vikings have made a flurry of moves. Not all of them have been big. And of course, we've talked about Zedarius Smith and some of the bigger moves they've made. But let's get into the weeds here a little bit. Uh, I don't know how many more you know, significant free agents are actually left on the market, probably not many or any. So the Vikings have started filling in the margins, signing people who could be, you know, serviceable, maybe starters, maybe depth. Uh, and let's get it. Let's get into some specifics here. They just signed Jesse Davis. He'd started a lot of games for the Miami Dolphins. I think he projects to be starting right guard for this team. I'm just not sure if that's a great thing or if they're just kind of settling. Yeah, it, it feels like, you know, they're doing I, I don't know. I want to I don't want to say the bare minimum, but they, they're just bringing in new bodies. And in this case, I don't know that new body essentially means better body. We'll find out. Uh, Kevin O'Connell, according to Chad Graff from The Athletic, he just was tweeting earlier this morning that from uh, a beat writer sit down with them. Uh, and and O'Connell said that it's an open competition at right guard. And that Jesse Davis might be the front runner, but he's not being handed the job. And so what really that says is they are bringing in someone fresh, but they got to see how he per, you know, performs on the field, how, he, how they go through the OTAs and, and the workouts and you know, what other things they do at that position to try and get just any kind of improvement in the interior of the line. And so I think looking at like the PFF grades and things like that, I don't think that Jesse Davis is necessarily an improvement upon what they had going there last year, but you got to have someone there. So just see if a new environment, see if a different system maybe, maybe helps with that, but it's, it's not going to be, this isn't the case of, you know, the Vikings, you know, going out and signing Steve Hutchinson to be a guard and just knowing you're going to plant him there and it's going to be all pro pro bowl type play for the next however many years he is here. This is a maybe a stopgap. This is a well, maybe be- he's the best one available. And they had to they literally just had to bring someone in. Yeah. And it's good that he's a veteran. It's good that he's played a lot of games. He started yeah. a lot of games. He has started all along the offensive line. He's a good depth acquisition. He's just not a magic bullet. Uh, let's get into some more signings here with John Krasinski from The Athletic. I'm Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune. Brandon Morton is our producer. This is the Viking Update Show, part of TalkNorth.com. You can find all the shows, outdoors, sports, and more at TalkNorth.com. We recommend subscribing to your favorite podcast app. It is free and it's easy. And thank you to our sponsors, Starbank, starbank.net, and Aquarius Home Services. Uh, so, you know, we've talked about Zedaria Smith before, but let's we're going to make this kind of a comprehensive show where we talk about all the uh, signings. You know, what's your final grade on the Zedaria Smith uh, deal now that we know what the terms are? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really like the deal if, you know, it's a big, it, this is a big if. Um, if he can get back to what he was or a reasonable facsimile of what he was before the injuries that he's gone through. Uh, I think it, it fits great. Um, I, I love the idea of Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith on opposite ends of the, uh, of the line as edge rushers and putting pressure on Rogers and Goff and everyone else, Justin Fields. Um, the, the, here's the big thing though. It is a, I do believe that the Vikings are walking out on a bit of a limb, both with Hunter and Smith who at their best, are two of the most disruptive pass rushers in the NFL. They're both very versatile, especially Daniel Hunter, in terms of moving him to that 3-4 edge rusher type. He does have the athleticism to kind of drop back in coverage and, 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 and just kind of hold down that edge. But we have not seen either one of them at their physical peaks 
for a little while now. So the potential is there to have just a nightmare bookend rushers to for the Vikings to throw at all of the quarterbacks in the in the division and then certainly in in the rest of the league and I do think that they are putting a lot of eggs in that basket Jim because their secondary right now their their quarterback situation is very shaky and so they are going to need to put a lot of heat on the quarterback to make him throw quicker than he wants to throw because if you give any quarterback any kind of time against this secondary, it could be a long day for the Vikings defense. So if those two, and especially Smith, can get back to 90% of what they were, I think that's the Vikings are going to be in great shape and it's going to be really fun to watch. I just don't know if we can say at this point with any real confidence that that is exactly what's going to happen. Right. And and you said, you know, it's a risk. And, and I agree. Both bringing Hunter back for big money and signing Zaria Smith are both risks. I think they're in a position where they almost had no choice but to take those risks because without pass rushers, this defense will be shredded. Yeah, they had. I mean, they, they definitely had to do it. And I do think that the way that they're structured, both the deals, I mean, really what we heard from Quasi Adolfo Mensa last week was that it feels like they're giving this sort of what they're calling competitive rebuild, like a two-year runway. And they're going to say, okay, we're going to do what what we think we can do to be really competitive and, and try and contend and do all those things, which I think is what the Wilf family wanted. We heard from Mark Wilf early on uh, after firing Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman saying, hey, look, guys, you know, we don't think we're we're that far away. We want to, we don't think we have to tear down and rebuild. We think we can remain competitive. Well, when you have Hunter and Smith on these types of deals, you can give one or two years, same with Kirk Cousins, same with a lot of the others, and say, let's see how far they can make it in these next two years. And if it doesn't work, then you're not out, I don't think, a lot of money further down the road, and you can sort of retool in that 2024 range without as much pain as it would have taken to retool right now. And so I think that this is Quasi Adolfo Mensa trying to thread a needle, and we'll see if that is doable or not. But um, basically, this looks like, okay, you bring in guys like this on shorter term, bigger money deals, uh, and and throw everything you got at it as as much as possible and see how it works. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't, you're not going to have a harder, a, a very hard time pivoting to more flexibility going into uh, 2024. Exactly, and we'll we'll probably do a whole show at some point on the whole competitive rebuild philosophy and whether this this front office and coaching staff could afford to take a shot with these players and then start rebuilding two years from now. Whether the Wilfs would allow that, we'll just stay on track for today, though. Uh, Nate Hairston and Shannon Sullivan. Once again, it feels like they've got you know they went for veteran NFL bodies who can play the position but don't necessarily elevate the team. Right. I, th- I think that especially with Sullivan, I mean, he he got a lot of snaps for the Packers. So you're, you you know that he's playing in big moments, which is good. Um, he's had certainly playoff experience, which is good. Uh, but, it, it you know, he's not one of their top guys. He's not Jair Alexander. Um, but it, in at this stage of free agency, what you want to do is find guys who have been through the battles a little bit, who know how to adapt 
to different systems and have seen enough, especially with Sullivan. I think it, it, it's an, an advantage of he's been in this division. He knows the other personnel on the other teams. He knows what, with the Packers personnel as well. And so considering what they had at cornerback before, why not is my kind of, uh, my kind of, you know, ultimate evaluation of that deal. Sure. Why not bring him in? Because a, there were not that many other options out there and B, he just, he really knows what he's going to be going up against in the NFC North um, all season long. And so, uh, I, I I think that's a smart signing. I I think that um, you know he's not going to come in and and be the guy who uh, you know Charles Woodson in his prime or anything like that. But he can come in and bring a little bit of veteran presence. And especially if you think you're going to go into this draft drafting a lot of young, you know, a, a couple of young cornerbacks, hopefully one, at least one that is starting caliber. Um, you're going to need somebody else with some seasoning. Uh, to, to to go with him and Sullivan has that so uh, I I have no problem with it I, I I I had no problem with really any of these signings Ty Smith you know Harrison all these guys but none of them are going to get fans you know clamoring for season tickets or ordering their jerseys online it's just the kind of you know baseline uh, depth signings that this team does need because they just need bodies right now. Yeah, I mean, you have to have people who can actually yep. play the position. Hairston played under Donatello in Denver, so he's a logical guy to bring in. Every coaching staff wants to have a few people on the roster, at least a few people on the roster, who can kind of translate to other players, who can play the system on day one and understand it. Uh, it's not exciting. And I remember, I remember when Denny Green brought in Mike Tice uh, his first year, 1992. Jack Burns came from Washington with the, the uh, Joe Gibbs offense and Tice was there almost as an assistant coach on the field. You know, you just need some bodies like that. You mentioned Ty Smith, once again, uh, a you know, cornerback depth guy. Yep. Cornerback depth guy. But yeah. And I, I like your point on Harrison, Jim, because like this, this transition from the Zimmer four, four, three, double a gap to the Donatel three, four system. It's a pretty dramatic change. And so, um, I think that getting guys in who have been in a system like that is is just going to be imperative because there are still going to be very important parts of this defense. You know, uh, Daniel Hunter, Eric Kendricks, Harrison Smith, guys who have been here for a while um, who are going to have a period of adjustment. And I think that most of these guys are really smart. You know, Smith, Hunter, Kendricks are very smart. They'll be able to kind of pick things up. But they have all been doing the Zimmer defense for a very long time. And so there's going to be things that are ingrained in them that are just habits that are going to take some time to break. And and so to have guys who have played in this 3-4 and, and, and know what Ed Donatel wants, I think that's important. I would not be surprised at all to see – you know, several, you know, of the really the Vikings veterans, the leaders, the captains of this defense going to Hairston and going to other guys who they bring in and saying, hey, w- what do we do here? OK, what's you know, what's going on with this situation? What is what does coach want in this? And 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 that's going to be valuable um, because it's it is a significant, significant change from what they were doing defensively under Mike Zimmer. And and so there's going to be probably some growing pains and some periods of adjustment that they're going to have to weather 
you know, this summer and probably into the preseason and the regular season. No doubt about it. Hey, uh, big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps and convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about Star Bank. Star Bank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. You're not a customer number at Star Bank and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be. A throwback to the good days. Mobile app check, convenient services. You got it. Check out Star Bank for yourself. For deposits and lending solutions, work with a local community bank that cares. Starbank.net, member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. We also like to thank Aquarius Home Services, who sponsors uh, shows across the TalkNorth.com platform. Hey, it's Russo over at the Worst Seats in the House podcast. Did you know that Aquarius Home Services is your one-stop shop for all your home service needs? That's right. Aquarius Home Services is your complete home service provider dedicated to providing the highest quality water treatment, plumbing, heat heating, cooling, and electrical services. They pride themselves on providing superior five-star quality service. They respect you, your time, and your home with attention to details that really make a difference. If you or anyone you know have questions or concerns about your water, heating, and cooling, plumbing, or electrical, Aquarius Home Services is here to help. Visit AquariusHomeServices.com for more details. And don't forget to mention Russo sent you. I don't know. I don't know if we need to spend any time talking about Sean Manning other than the fact that uh, the fact that he's on the roster doesn't fill me with great confidence. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. I mean, it, he's he he literally is a body right now. Yep. And, you know, when you talk about I do think he's valued in the room. I think he's a smart guy who sees the field, who understands concepts, who uh, Kirk Cousins does like to bounce things off of. That's valuable. OK, you can have that. Maybe he's going to be, you know, the next Kevin O'Connell. Maybe he's another uh, head coach in the making. Uh, with the way that he sees the game and the way that he kind of helps guys understand it. And so that is important, but I just still think that I, I would not be opposed. I would actually be in favor of the Vikings taking uh, another quarterback high in the draft, whether it's second round, even if they, I, I still think Jim that and we'll probably talk about this more as we get closer to the draft. But like, if, if you're at 12 and you really, really like, one of the quarterbacks and think that th- that that person can be your starting quarterback of the future. I think you take him. I don't think that you worry about, um, you know, Kirk cousins. I don't think that you, I, I think that you worry about his contract or Sean Mannion or any of these things. You take him and get him in the room and, and, and get him learning. Um, but it, it, if you don't, you don't, don't force it. Don't Christian ponder the situation, but um, certainly Sean Mannion's presence is much more a, part of the infrastructure, a part of the, um, you know, just kind of you know, having a, a smart guy in the room to help other than, you know, he's not anything that you think a is going to win you a lot of games. If Kirk cousins gets injured or B is going to develop into your eventual long-term starting quarterback. So he's just taking up a space, hopefully helping Mond and cousins and whoever else comes in, uh, in terms of, uh, with, with the rest of the room. But, um, yeah, underwhelming, I think, is is the way to put it from a pure X's and O's effect on the team standpoint. And as you said, we will talk more about that as the draft uh, comes along. But I am absolutely with you. And I, I well, I'll save it for the next show. But uh, man, if you if you really if if your internal evaluation, if your best evaluators think that you have your future starting quarterback available to you at 12, you don't worry about the other stuff. And we'll again, we'll talk about more about that later. All right. Jordan Berry, they bring back. He's been a nice he's been a nice addition. Been a nice, been a nice addition. Yeah, I think that that he came that he came in, and 
I don't know. I do we do we need to spend a whole lot of time on it? No. But he, he gave you exactly you know what you wanted and just say, okay, one less thing to worry about going forward. And I, I think that especially at that spot, especially with kind of that units in time, how do we, how do we describe it? Just the adventures uh, yep. with that with that with that unit over the last five six years. It, you know, it, continuity and steadiness, great. You know, just just keep it going. So no kidding. Uh, Austin Schlotman obviously signed as someone who has experience with the Broncos um, and is just a depth guy at guard. Uh, Johnny Munt, you know, he might be the the Mike Tice of this roster as a tight end who can come in and understands the offensive system, can move around. Well, hearing quick quick guy. on that, Jim. Yeah, yeah. It, w- w- uh, we heard uh, Kevin O'Connell said this morning that they're kind of they're really going to take it easy with Irv Smith um, mm-hmm. and, and and ease him back into things. So we still don't really know. We, you'd like to think that Irv is going to be fine going into the season and 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 can reemerge as a player who the Vikings were very high on and believe he could be a, a really big playmaker and impact player at tight end. But I do think that having more depth at tight end, even if it's not, you know, you lost Conklin, so you, you need bodies there, but you just need depth just in case there's anything that goes on with Irv Smith's recovery that, you know, kind of, compromises his ability to be a contributor, especially early. Uh, if they, if Kevin O'Connell is already talking about, you know, really being cautious and careful with Irv Smith, then it's, I think to me, it graduates to a level of, okay, I will sort of believe that Irv Smith is ready and can kind of resume his role as an impact player when, when we see it, like, let's just, let's just go that way. So adding a couple more bodies at tight end just to give you depth and to give you versatility, whether it's blocking or, or even catching passes or, or anything like that. I think that they need to do that now until they see that Irv Smith is ready to go. Right. And Munt is coming off an ACL. He, uh, yeah. you know, he played six games last year before he tore his ACL. So we don't know exactly if he's going to be full speed. And this is just one of those situations where everybody would like to see Tyler Conklin on this roster. He's a good player. Uh, he's versatile. He's tough. He can run after the catch and they just ran out of money to spend at that position. Yep. Yeah. And and, I mean, he was like, he really developed nicely over his time here. And, you know, at first I remember when he first kind of came onto the scene and was getting some time, you're thinking Tyler Conklin, what? Like what's what, you know, and you almost kind of chuckled a little bit where, Oh yeah. Okay. That's great. Let's throw to Tyler Conklin in the flats again. You know, way to go Kirk. But then as, as he went along, it turned into a very steady, valuable, um, you know, reliable five, eight, nine yards every time you got him the ball. And that, to me, in that offense with what Kirk Cousins liked to do, I mean, how, how many times did it, did it dump off to Conklin? He catches it and he's bulls ahead for four or five yards and they're in positive uh, positions. So, and I do think that he was good enough in the, in the, in the blocking game as well to give them some versatility. So all the credit in the world to both the Vikings coaches and Conklin for developing the way that he did. But yeah, those are, those are the positions where, you know, you, you fit, you hope that you can replicate that production, whether it's with a rookie, whether it's with a, you know, a, a veteran free agent, whether it's with, uh, you know, uh, Irv Smith coming back and just and just being a factor that way that should be replaceable, but that does not mean that what Tyler Conklin gave them wasn't important. 
No doubt about it. And a good dude. I hope he does well. Um, yeah. Jordan, Jordan Hicks at linebacker, a two-year, $12 million deal. Uh, does this mean the end of the Anthony Barr stay in Minnesota? What do you think this means for the roster in general? It sure seems like it, Jim. Um, you know, I he he was productive with Arizona. Uh, he's certainly active, athletic, gives them uh, a different dimension in that 3-4 scheme. And so I think that with, you know, Zadarius Smith and, and Daniil Hunter, and then you bring in Jordan Hicks, whatever they add in the draft. I know that, I, I believe it was Kevin O'Connell who was the one who said it at his introductory press conference that he would like to see Anthony Barr back. I know that Anthony Barr has so many fans within the team and so many people who players who look up to him and he's an incredible leader over the years. But I just think that from a health standpoint, from an age standpoint, um, it just feels that like this was goodbye, Anthony Barr. Um, you know, maybe if he can't get something else uh, out, out there, he would come back on a on a bargain cut rate deal. But I just don't know that you do that for a player of his stature in the, in the locker room. I mean, do you bring him back and, and barely play him at all? Um, I, I, I just don't think that's the, that would be fair to him or fair to really the Vikings for having that kind of pressure. So it probably is going to be the end for Anthony Barr. If it is, Hey, an incredible guy in the community. He gave everything he had to the Vikings. Uh, the injuries really slowed him down. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, that, that's the unfortunate part of this game. Sometimes you get to that point where I just don't know that Anthony Barr's body is going to let him continue to be a player that the Vikings could rely on for 15, 16, 17 games. And without that, you got to go find someone else. And that, that appears to be Jordan Hicks. Yep. Well said. Harrison Phillips, a defensive tackle. Very interesting. A lot of injuries, not a lot of starts. Uh, and it looks like the Vikings are planning on him being a starter. Right. So, um, you know, you always wonder about some of these signings, right? In terms of, you know, can you get more out of him than was that, that he was at his previous stop, just given the, the health part of it, they have a new medical staff, a new training staff coming in. And how is that, how are players going to react to that side of things. That's going to be a very, very interesting part of this season coming up because we knew Eric Sugarman for a very, very long time. We knew kind of what to expect from players, you know, developing, you know, going through getting rehabbed and, 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 and getting back out on the field. This is going to be a whole new frontier for Vikings fans, for media, for people to follow this team with a brand new medical and training staff. And, and so I think that bringing in someone like Harrison Phillips, you know, bringing in other guys, you know, Munt and, and Zedaria Smith and so, and others, it's, it's really going to kind of be a vote of confidence that, Hey, our, our team can get these guys healthy and playing back at, a, at it from a physical standpoint at a high level. And then it's up to the coaches to put them in the right positions to succeed. But I do think that their potential is there for Phillips to be a very solid player on this team, to be, you know, a, a disruptor, um, to, to, to kind of help them. They, they said goodbye to, to Michael Pierce and, 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 and they're, and they're kind of rolling everything over again, but um, I want to see what they do. I, I want to see if, uh, 
if if he can come in there. I still he's another one of those guys, Jim. That's just it, it's indicative of this whole kind of free agent signing class is that except for Zadarius Smith, of course, like it's just like okay, he could be good or he might just be a guy and. And so that's, you know, I think it really puts a lot of pressure on A, the medical staff, and B, the coaching staff to really put these guys in positions that maximize their strengths because there are other weaknesses that can be exploited by the, uh, by the opponents if, if they don't do that. No doubt about it. And I'm going to show my age here, but I covered Tony Dungy as the new defensive coordinator for the Vikings in 1992. And they took Jack Del Rio off the scrap heap. They started Todd Scott, who was yeah. just – did not project to be a good NFL player. Uh, they had, you know, they just had an odd assortment of of random parts, all built around John Randall being the superstar that would uh, make everything happen. And they had a great defense. And sometimes you, you know, I don't know if Ed Donatello is that guy, but sometimes you do find a magic coach who just makes everybody better. It's possible. It's just it's hard to bet on until you see it. Yeah, and and look, we in all fairness, we saw Mike Zimmer do that with yeah. you know plenty of guys. Um, and so it, it is like. I think in in football more than obviously baseball or basketball or, or or any of those the other sports I do think that coaches and schemes can, the marriage of of talent and scheme is more important in football than any other and so I I remember that team uh that that you re- that you referenced I was a little younger than you back then but like I I remember watching and Todd Scott was unbelievable um for a year or two there and and really you, what happened was Tony Dungy found what he was really, really good at, and then and then also had other parts in that defense that just clicked together, and it all worked out beautifully. That is entirely possible. That could be what what's coming with Ed Donatel because there are real talented guys to work with. You know, Hunter Smith, uh, Kendricks, and Harrison Smith. Like those are those are real elite talents in the NFL. And so if you put other players around them that fit scheme and that, and that know their roles and that are disciplined and do what they need to do, it could very, it could be a, 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 a vast improvement from what we've seen from the injury plague Zimmer defenses of the last couple of years. And so I, the, the, that's the thing that really intrigues me about all of this, especially defensively is I really am looking forward to seeing a completely different look from the Vikings defensively. We have not seen a 3-4 Vikings defense like this in forever, if ever, really. And so um, that's going to be – the newness of it is going to be very intriguing to me and it's going to be very fresh. So it doesn't guarantee that it's going to be better, certainly at all. But I just like that they're looking at this and they're saying – what. What was in place was not going to work. Let's make drastic changes. And so what we're going to see in the Vikings defense next year are drastic changes. And maybe that will maximize everything uh, that they're doing here with kind of signings that outside of Zadarius Smith are more lunch pale guys and, 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 and underwhelming just in, in individual uh, cases, but maybe together it will all work and, and, and this, te- this defense will fly around and things will be great. At least one more topic to get to. Thanks again to our producer, Brandon Morton, our sponsors, StarBank.net and Aquarius Home Services. Uh, the Deshaun Watson press conference was embarrassing. I just, 
I don't know. We talked, we, we talked about it last week, but like, I don't know how your Jimmy and D has them move zoom in. I don't know how they didn't come to a press Ugh. conference. This, you know, this important, um, and just say, we hear you. We understand what, what all, the whole tone of it and the, and all of the substance of it was, yeah, we hear you, but we don't really care. And we know that once he throws a touchdown or two, you guys are going to change your opinion on it. Like that, that, that's it. And maybe they are right. You know, they could be absolutely right about it, but I just thought it was very insulting. And there were a couple of really good pieces by some, you know, uh, female journalists in, in Cleveland and beyond about what the message was that was being sent there. But um, it just is such a, an incredible sort of stretch to say, well, we talked to Deshaun Watson for a couple of hours and it seems like he's pretty good. And oh, by the way, the the women that we talked to um, about this were Deshaun Watson's lawyers that yep. were paid by Deshaun Watson. And they said, you know, that that everything is fine. Well, no kidding. Like, you know, and and here's the one thing that I will say. You know, there's a lot of criticism for they did not interview any of the alleged victims of of this thing. And, you know, I, I think that there are legal issues with that. There are with the civil suits pending and things. I think that makes that a little bit more difficult to pull off than than uh, than it might seem at first. But your only due diligence can absolutely not be just talking to Deshaun Watson and talking to uh, women members of his legal team. Like that is embarrassing. And so to then try to come off as sympathetic to the real concerns that are being uh, thrown out there legitimately about 22 civil cases. And now we are hearing that maybe there's going to be another grand jury indictment uh, uh, examination coming up here in Houston. I mean, it's, it's just galling. It's, and, and so like you, you just wish they would say, Hey, look, we made this with this decision for football reasons. We think this is the best thing. And um, we know some people aren't going to like it, but this, but this is what we're doing going forward. Obviously, they're not going to say that, but that's exactly what the message was, the undertone of the message in listening to, to all of them sort of try and jump through the hoops and, and check all the boxes of we hear you, we're listening, we're, 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 we're sympathetic to that. No, you're not really. You really are not because this is such an overwhelming case that you just can't be. It's, it's impossible. Yeah, it's disgusting. Uh, I'm rooting for Deshaun Watson to throw 82 interceptions next year. Unfortunately, he's a good player. He'll probably do much better than that. Uh, any other final thoughts today, John? You know what? I just like we're we're getting now. Uh, we're we're close to April. Um, we're getting really you know it, it. We're moving past. I think the 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 free agent part of things, and now we're we're going to be looking ahead to the draft, which I'm very excited for. I'm a huge draft wonk, so um, I'm I'm looking forward to in this next month starting to really dive into that, look at kind of the prospects that are out there, look at kind of what needs the Vikings have and and where they could go. Um, and I really want to see what Quasi Adolfo Mensa and, and really a lot, he, he's coming in, but there are a lot of holdovers from the Vikings staff uh, uh, previously that uh, have done a very good job in the draft. And so I want to see what a new sort of perspective at the top, how that affects 
what they do in the draft with a lot of the Jamal Stevensons, with the Ryan Monins of the world, um, and and just see how that that is pulled off. And so I'm really looking forward to rolling up my sleeves, seeing what they do that way, and and just seeing if you know a, a lot of these free agent approaches have been kind of similar to what the Vikings had did in the past with that competitive rebuild stuff. Let's see if it's any different in the draft and see if they they go about things any different. I can't wait for for that to get going here in the month of April. It's going to be fascinating, but you know what's going to happen. They're going to draft a cornerback and a couple of offensive linemen <laughs> just like they always do. They are. You're right. Now let's hope that the offensive linemen that they draft can actually play So, um, and, and, and the cornerbacks can stay on the field. That's what they're going to need to do. But you're right. We're, we're probably headed that way, and we're going to look at this and be like that Spider-Man meme where the two Spider-Men are <laughs> pointing at each other and saying, well, what really changed here? <laughs> uh, but it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. We really don't know what they're going to do, which brings a new level of intrigue to all the Vikings moves. Hey, thanks again for listening to TalkNorth.com. We'll talk to you next week.